It's that time of the week again. You are about to participate in a great adventure. It's that time when the latest episode of Digital Kill the Radio Star drops. Drop? What the hell do you think you're doing? It's time to waste another hour or so with David and Chris. Oh my God! As they spout out more of their worthless music knowledge. I wouldn't do that if I were you. It's time to hear them discuss the music of their youth. It's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. As well as the music of today. Excuse me while I whip this out. So kick back, relax, and have some fun with David and Chris. Who are those guys? Digital Kill the Radio Star starts. Come on, quit stalling! All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Digital Killed the Radio Star podcast. It's been so long, Chris, that I've messed up the intro at least once trying to uh, remember what we're called. That's okay. I'm I'm not sure I know how to do this anymore, but I'll 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 try. I know I looked. I think it's been like five months since we since we did one, but we always put out a uh, end of the year um, episode where we talk about our best albums from the year before. So um, I got essentially a brand new studio here that I'm working with. So we're going to do a whole lot more stuff and maybe even uh, do some video stuff if Chris can clean that face up a little bit, um, and we'll do put it up on our on our YouTube channel. I know me and high def, me and high def. That's scary. And look, Chris, nobody else can see it, but I got a, uh, I got a zoom light for oh, nice. like TV production. Yeah. I turn it off right now, but yeah. So you can kill those lights. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, like, I, I love like that. <laughs> um, anyway, how have you been? I've been doing pretty good. How have you been? Man, working my tail. I was out of town for essentially 30 days with work. From Christmas, from Thanksgiving to Christmas, but uh, it was worth it. But um, I'm tired from all that, but I'm good. I'm ready to watch some football this afternoon and talk a little music. Yeah, me too. But what's the, the, the lineup today? Isn't very good though. It's because uh, oh, it's well, you get the Bills and the Dolphins. The Dolphins are on a, a, a no-name quarterback. They don't stand a chance. But Seattle and uh, San Francisco is going to be good. San, Franci- San Francisco, if they get past Seattle, is my dark horse candidate to get to the NFC Finals. Them in um, Philadelphia. Well, maybe so. And you may be looking at the the next. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to be as good, but the next Tom Brady is in never expected and uh, yeah, never expected to do anything. And here it is. He's probably going to be their starter next year. I don't see how he's not. Yeah, they're going to have to get rid of that Trey Lance guy. He's a joke. Well, in in fairness, I and I've never thought that he was going to be the answer for that for them. I don't. I never saw that out of him. But in fairness, he hasn't had a chance, so he's going to get. He will get his chance for sure. They'll because somebody, a former well, top five pick, somebody's going to give him a chance. And if they want to, if they want to get rid of him, they'll get something for him. You know, not a top five pick, obviously. They'll get something, and they'll get a chance to start next year. 
he only played really like one year, I think, and he came from like a very small school. So yeah, I don't remember where he played, but yeah, he, he's just he's very raw, and he's going to be raw next year too because he hasn't been able to practice much. Anyway, right, Chris, I, I know this is a football show. Last year um, was a um, a year for a really great music, but not a good year for just good music. To me, this year was a really good year for good music, and I didn't have as quite as many great albums. Um, I'm kind of prejudiced though, because um, Pressure Machines from the Killers last year was just such a huge surprise, so phenomenal, so moving. You and I both had it number one, which I never would have thought that would have ever happened on any planet. But uh, this was a this was a good. There were a lot of good albums, but only I don't know if I have anything that would even rival pressure machines from last year i don't have that either i have a couple albums that i love that that will stay with me you know because i when you when you mention pressure machines i i uh i'm not making this up when you said that i, I got chill bumps it's that I, good that, that's what that album does for me and i listened to it recently i, I still go back to it and pretty often and it's it's just a it's a perfect record I mean, here it is. We're, we're a year later when we had this as, as number one, and I'm still saying it's a perfect record that will probably be in my top albums of all time. I it, never thought I, I never thought they could beat um, Sam's Town, but they did. Yeah, and they beat it pretty good. Mile. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was phenomenal. Uh, it is phenomenal, and I still go back to it. And and like I said, there's some albums on here that I'll. I will go back to, you know, because a lot of times we do these top tens and especially maybe you're the bottom part of the top 10. It may be a long time before you go back to them. So let me ask, them. let me ask you this. What is one album that came out this year that you were really looking forward to and just really disappointed you? It's a good question. And thankfully I'll be able to answer that. I wasn't prepared, but I, you know, we all make our, or you thought you and I do, we make our, we got to whittle these lists down. And I put, a bunch of albums and I, and I was actually putting albums on this list as they were coming out. Like these, I know that's what were, I do. Yeah. Yeah. I know these were going to be potential great albums. Um, man, that's that, this, this really is tough. Uh, I'm going to say Jeremy and the Harlequins. Okay. Because, and, and there's a, and it's not terrible, but I could say, okay, hot water music. They put out a record. You know how much I love them. It didn't make my top 10, but I liked it. And the Jeremy and the Harlequins, it's not that I disliked it, but I went back to the hot water music and I never really went back to the Jeremy and the Harlequins. And you know how much I love that last record they put out. It probably one of my favorite things of the last five years. So that, that's probably what I'd go with you. I was so excited that Wilco was putting out a country album. Stay so excited. It's not good. It's cold country. And I, I don't know if I've listened to the entire thing. I can't think of a band that I have fallen further off the cliff than they have. I would absolutely agree with that because you and, think about the, those records when you go from from AM being there. I mean, they and then when they started getting experimental too, great records. Even even a Ghost Is Born was 
really good. Yeah. And I feel like it's after a ghost is born. That's when they, they started slipping and there was, there were some decent ones on that sky blue sky. Uh, but after that, it was going to be, Oh, here's a couple of songs I like. And then it just gets worse and worse and worse. And I don't listen to Wilco out new, new Wilco albums anymore. I, it goes back to what we always love to say. I don't have to listen to it to know I don't like it. <laughs> well, what, what frustrates me is I'm one of these people, I have these pet peeves and my wife always is like, you're such a music snob and you judge people so much. And I go, yep, I do. Um, <laughs> I cannot stand it when somebody goes, oh, I'm a huge fan of this band. But then like after such and such album, they won't listen to them anymore because it's newer music. I know somebody like that. I do too. But, <laughs> um, and it frustrates me because I love when new music comes out, but I guess Wilco is going to have to be my exception. Um, I don't listen to anything really past a ghost is born. The thing about a ghost is born. And, and like you said, a few songs on sky blue sky. The thing about a ghost is born is those songs were so much better live than they were on the album. Cause if you listen to that kicking television album, songs like the late greats and handshake. Drugs, yeah. Good. Kid smoke. Yeah. Those, those are all good, but they're just not even on my radar anymore. And that kind of hurts my soul a little bit. Yeah. But that, you know, I could, all right. If I didn't already have that, that if I didn't already feel the way I do when it, when a new Wilco album comes out, just knowing that I'm not going to like it, that would have been my biggest disappointment too. Cause I couldn't even get through the album. Yeah. Uh, but I knew I wasn't going to like it. That's the thing. The Jeremy and the Harlequins, I knew I was going to love it. And I thought, eh, it's all right. Yeah. Yeah. And we finally got that Megadeth album, but, um, and it, there's nothing wrong with it, but I just have not listened to any hard rock or metal and like really listened to it in like well over a year. And I think I'm just kind of maybe have moved on from all of that. And, and I, and I haven't, and I, and I say it's important to say that just to say that the, the Megadeth album was, um, it wasn't great, you know, and, and I do still listen to metal and, you know, as we go through this list, you're not going to, you're not going to find metal on this list when I do my top 10, but, it, but I do still listen to like, there's a band I really love. I've told you about they, they're called spirit adrift. They've gotten really, really into, um, great band. I highly recommend, recommend anybody check them out. Uh, good players. There's not screaming vocals. It's not harsh vocals. It's just a, it's just good straight ahead, <clears throat> good straight ahead metal, good riffs. <clears throat> but another one too, that, since we are talking about metal, <clears throat> excuse me, that was a disappointment for me. But and I guess it shouldn't be because all their albums really, really it's starting the format's starting to get boring. The 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 way they do this, the formula is what I meant to say. Formula's starting to get boring. That's a monomorph. Um the past few records have been, I mean, swap titles of them and you hardly know the difference. Uh so that one wasn't, but, but then I told you that, uh, that Arch Enemy album, really, really good metal record, really good metal record. Some of the best guitar playing you're going to, you're going to hear that that's a good metal record that was actually considered for this top 10 list. Um, and how that, <clears throat> I think her name's Alyssa. I can't think of her last name, but tiny woman, how those that vocal comes out of her. I, I do not know, but, <laughs> but it, it's crazy. If you don't know what I'm talking about. 
look up Arch Enemy, look at her. Um, just this really, really small, attractive woman and puts out these crazy harsh vocals. Um, pretty cool. But and the thing is, she can really sing. All right. Let me ask you this uh, before we get to our top 10. Most disappointing show you saw in person. Man, I don't know if I have an answer for that one. For me, it was Megadeth. So the opener was In Flames and then Trivium and then Lamb of God. There was a severe thunderstorm in the area. It was raining. David sat through all three of those for Megadeth, and they played 10 songs, including one instrumental. <laughs> yeah. And what's disappointing is their stage show is clearly very choreographed. Do you remember how, like, when you and I, we didn't stay for it, but we saw the opening of that Brett Michaels show that we went to with Roxy Blue? Do you remember how, like, the guitar players would run out and want to go to one side of the stage, you know, and pump everybody up, and then they'd yes. run to the other side, and then, you know, Brett Michaels would be like, get, 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 and come on out, you know, like he does? <laughs> that's, that's like what Megadeth did. It was so disappointing, and I'm like, uh, you know, the playing was great. But it was it was cheesy. I'm gonna be completely honest with you. It was cheesy. And I've gone back and watched videos, and they do that in in all of them. And I'm like, I sat through four hours of, you know, between those other three bands, and I don't know. That was yeah, I did see I did see a great metal show though. I mean, we never, you know, I never really talked about. It. I won't get into it, but when, I won't talk about it much. But when I went to um, saw them in Albuquerque, New Mexico, which Albuquerque, man, that is a metal city. I saw um, Death Angel, Exodus, and Testament. And man, Exodus and Testament were so good. But that place was, you could barely even move in there. Man, you would have hated it. But uh, it wasn't hot, though. That's a good thing. It wasn't hot. It, it was still hot outside, but it wasn't hot in there. And they did, on that tour, they hit Albuquerque early, at the, towards the beginning of the tour, towards the end of the tour. They hit it twice. That's how big I mean, shows sell out there, like crazy metal shows, um, big time metal community. I love New Mexico is one of my favorite states. It's beautiful. It is. All right, Chris, I thought we would change our format this year. Uh, I thought we would do like you do too. And I do too. Um, that way we break it up a little bit. What do you think? Sounds good to me. You want to go first? You want me to go first? You start us off. All right. So. Number 10 is a band called Dead, and they have an album called Blue Skies. It's D-E-H-D. Um, I heard about them because uh, I walked in my local record store, and it was playing. And they're an alternative indie band, but they're on Fat Possum Records, which is a big blues band, but a label like where the Black Keys started, Junior Kimbrough. But they have really stretched out and gotten a lot of uh, bands like this. The female singer has a very um, unique voice. Uh, it's kind of deep for uh, a female, especially in, um, you know, alternative music. But um, there's just something about them that uh, that I liked. And I uh, have gone back and listened to them. And the song I would recommend to you is called Bad Love. I'm pretty sure it's been on like a big commercial.
Um, so anyway, uh, that band is dead, D-E-H-D. The second one is a band that I stumbled upon uh, on Sirius X. It was either XMU or First Wave. I think it was XMU. It's called, they're called Castle Beat, and they're kind of a synth band. And um, they had an album come out this year that um, I, I really liked. It's called Half-Life. And the singer kind of has almost like an Ian Curtis from Joy Division type monotone delivery at times. And then the the music kind of, I don't know, you can tell he's listened to a lot of Cure and New Order and Depeche Mode and stuff like that. Very, um, very good background music to have on. I know a lot of those bands at some point tend to start kind of sounding the same. And I've gone and listened to some of their other material and it doesn't really do anything for me. But um, that album, I really like. I've really gotten into a lot of that music. I've really gotten into Depeche Mode and New Order lately. And uh, Castle Beat, you can tell... Um, we're inspired by them, but pick up a lot of good stuff from like Sirius XMU and, and, and first wave and stuff like that. And so uh, if you're out there and you like that kind of music, give it a try. I think you'll like it. Yeah. And I, I did listen to both of these bands you told me about, and I don't remember really much about that. I, I did like castle beat and yes, Ian Curtis was, there's no doubt that is a major, major, he's a major influence on, on that guy. I mean, yeah, uh, it, Yes, he, he's a big fan. That, and you could also hear a little bit of vocally the guy from the National. You hear yeah. that in there. And the song in particular, you, you told me to try out, looking for something. Um, when, when we get done with this, go and listen to. Now, I'm not saying they sound exactly the same. And, and it, most people probably won't even hear it. The first thing when I heard it is like, oh my God, what is that song? What is that song? What is that song? Finally hit me. Space Age Love Song by uh, Flock of Seagulls. Okay, let me put that in, and I'll I'll have it queued up for when we get done. Yeah, just listen for the just look, not the vocals, anything like that. The the music at the beginning of each song, it, it's it's similar. It's I'm, I'm not going to go and say they ripped them off, but it it just reminded me. All right, so what's your number ten? Well, my number ten technically you almost could say was a disappointment, but hey, they made it in my top ten, <clears throat> so couldn't be that big of a disappointment. And that was a new one from Holy Farm. It's called Dimensional Bleed. This is the first one in, since 2018. And this is one of those bands that I like that has that blends the metal 
and and uh, shoe games. And they're not as they don't really do as much of the black metal type influence like how Death Heaven, early Death Heaven did, but there's still elements of that. And the best way, I think they describe themselves the best way on their on their Instagram description that says four creatures making loud, heavy, pretty noises. And that's really what it is. It's it's very loud. It's, it is very noisy, uh, feedback, uh, heavily distorted, but there's so much beauty in it too. And a lot of times the vocals, just very soft, uh, good singing, very shoegazy. And then they'll come in with just uh, intense screams. Um, not a ton. And so if, you, if that's not your style, I don't, that shouldn't keep you from trying this album out. It, uh, and when I said it could have been a disappointment, you almost could consider that. It's still really good. But that first record they put out, or at least the first one I came aware of, Death Spells, is just in, it, it, incredible. For that style, for that genre, it's perfect, I would say. But album highlights on this one, I would say True Loss is probably my favorite one. Uh, and I think, I think, David, I think you'd like this one. There is... not any metal to this one it's just i think it's truly shoegaze it's called true loss just beautiful shoegazy song yeah i I actually when i was playing it i had on like some really good headphones Mm -hmm. and it's it's very well recorded it's very atmospheric very moody i'm actually gonna go check i'm like gonna go check this album out a whole lot more after after listening to it um the 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 thing that'll always keep me from just going all in on those kind of bands is the wiki wiki as uh you know the screaming like that just because like first of all they usually set it kind of low in the mix and I have absolutely no idea what they're saying and I understand that's one of the reasons people really like them uh and and bands like that and so I almost view it not really as lyrics almost like as another instrument you know. Hundred but, but if 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 it was dialed that stuff was dialed back kind of like how mastodon does now you know they used to be just basically all harsh vocals well now they've got like two or three people that sing and they the harsh vocals have gotten a little less harsh um but from a musical standpoint it's just absolutely beautiful there's no denying it 
Yeah, and they don't do a ton of the streaming. And, and even when they do, they don't have the it's not the it's not as harsh as that as think Sunbather from Death Heaven. It, it's not like that. It's not really what I would call black metal vocals. Uh, but it is some, it's still got a bit of intensity with the screams, but I, I do think, I think there's enough on it. And I don't think there's too much of that on there for you to like the, the album. I really, I really do. Uh, number nine was a, uh, one of the late ones of the year for me. I, I don't really know when this came out. I don't think it came out early in the year. I'd never even heard of this band. I, I stumbled across them. I do not remember how, but they're called the Bandoliers. And they've, I think they've been around for a bit. Name of the album is Bandoliers. And I'm going to use on this one too. I just remember when I first found out about them, I looked, I looked at their Instagram page and I thought, wow, that's perfect. I love the way he said that. Their header on, on their Instagram page says, your favorite punk rock band's favorite country band. And I thought, okay. And it's not when when they say country band, it's country in the way that some of those early slower Lucero albums are country. I, I guess you would say maybe a little bit more country than that, but it's more of a an Americana. You, you definitely, I can feel where there's punk roots in this band, but um, it's they're just a really good discovery for me. Uh, if you want to just check out some good Americana that maybe is not been on your radar, try these guys out. Highlights, bless your drunken heart. Uh, I, I just, it, I can imagine these guys, and, and, I, and I have read, they are amazing live. And I can just, I can only imagine them playing that song, Bless Your Drunken Heart Live. And then there's a ballad on there called uh, Before the Fall that is just, man, it, it's, it's, it's a sad one. It, it's a really sad, great ballad. Uh, it, those two easily, best two on the record. All right, so I didn't get a chance to listen to them. What kind of music is it? Americana. Okay, yeah, you said that. All right, yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, my number eight uh, is Welcome to Club 13 by the Drive-By Truckers. Um, this is a uh, kind of a return to what the, a lot of their albums used to be. The, the last two or three albums have been like, really overtly political which that doesn't bother me it's really good music and and a lot of it's really moving but um i saw them four nights in a row in athens and i'm going to see another four nights in a row here in a couple in a month or two but um they played most of that album before it ever came out during those shows and uh welcome to club 13 is essentially a fun rock song about uh the dive bars they used to play growing up you know and there'll be two people there they're very eclectic but uh, it's a it's it's a return to those other. And there's some serious songs on there, but they have a song called "We Will Wake You in the Morning." That's one of the saddest songs I've ever heard. It's about having a uh, a loved one with addiction, and they overdose and die. And he just sings over and over again. We'll never get to wake you up in the morning. Heartbreaking song, um, but uh, it's a really really good album. This lineup's been together now the longest. Jay Gonzalez, who plays guitar and keyboard. Uh, really adds a lot to it. He's kind of like Pat Sansone and Wilco. He just kind of steps in and fills in where he's needed. And then um, let's see, my number seven pick is Beach House, Once Twice Melody. It's a double album that came out partially uh, last year and then partially this year. They kind of split it up. Um, I really like Beach House. Uh, They're great kind of background music. 
Um, I will admit that after a while, a lot of their songs kind of sound the same with those kind of those female floating vocals. But um, I guess you would say it's a little bit poppier shoegaze type music, very atmospheric. Uh, it's a double album. It shouldn't be a double album. Uh, some filler on there, but the song Pink Funeral, I really like. And the title song, Once, Twice Melody. So I haven't heard the Drive-By Truckers album. I Obviously, I'm very familiar with them. have a few of their albums, but, so I haven't listened to that one. I've got to go back and check it out. Uh, they're one of those ones, you know, you're not talked about it. I, the way I would describe the Drive-By Truckers for me, am I going to go seek them and want to listen to them? No. Am I going to be upset if somebody's playing it in the car? Am I, no, I'm, I'm going to be fine with it and... I'm going to think a lot of the songs are pretty good. It's just something that I don't seek. I guess that's the best way I can that, say it. That song, We Will Never Wake You in the Morning, I know how you like lyrics and uh, sad songs. It's it's <clears throat> it's absolutely heartbreaking. I wrote it down while you're talking about it. I wrote it down because I'm going to go back and listen to it. Because, yeah, I, I, I do. And um, Beach House, uh, I have listened to that. And I do like Beach House. They're not... Yeah, you know, they're not one of the top bands for me, but I do like them and I do go to them. And, and yeah, they are. I think that's a good way to say I'm a little bit more of a poppy, shoe, poppy, more mainstream shoegaze. That's what you say. And anybody listening, it's like the maybe think of mainstream. I never heard of Beach House. Well, we're not talking about Riot here. I mean, <laughs> I can right. go a little bit more, uh, a little bit deeper on some of these. So that's what I mean by a little bit more of the mainstream. Um. Okay, well, my number eight, since you're talking about sad stuff and sad songs from the, the guy who I wear a T-shirt of for the band that says, Sad Songs Make Me Happy, American Aquarium. And this is, the new one was, is uh, Chicken Comico. And this one, I guess, was a little bit of a disappointment because it came in at number number eight. But... I had a really tough time when I was making the list and there was a, there was a, a time where I probably had, if this made it, it would have probably been 10 and I, I almost put it at six or seven. My point is it's climbing and it, and I still go back to this album point I'm making up. It's grown on me and it was just stylistically. It was, it was a shift in what they've been doing. It was, there wasn't the uh, barn burners on there. There, there wasn't the the big rock and roll type. It was a very slow, somber record. And I know I'm not the only one that felt that way. I've talked to people, listened to it, like I just couldn't get into it. And I saw on uh, somewhere on on social media, PJ Barham, uh, the American Aquarium. There's something about that record, and and a guy commented about how he just couldn't get into it, whatever. And BJ, I thought was a really cool thing. He, Cause the guy was respectful. He said how he loves his music and all. It, I thought it was a really cool response. He talked about how that record has helped, supposedly helped so many people because of this top, the topics that he talks about. And I thought it was really cool where he said that the guy he said, it'll be there for you when you need it. And, um, and that is what the way I do feel about it. It's, it's, man, it's a, it's a, it's a heavy record. It's, the cover of it is, is this Lake uh, Chickamacomico, North Carolina, which is where he's from. And he said that during the summer months, it's packed out there. Everybody's out. But in the winter, it's just dead. Ghost town. 
and the cover is during the winter. And he went out there and he recorded that album during the winter or wrote that album alone, I think during the winter. And, uh, it was, it has that feel. You look at that cover and it, it, the cover looks like the way the record sounds, I guess is what I'm saying. Just kind of bleak. The, um, the title track is definitely one of the standouts and it's about he and his wife going through a miscarriage and then, um, waking up the echoes. That's about a friend from a few years earlier, some years back that had committed suicide. And he, he says in the lyrics, it says thing I wish most of all is that you were still around. And then the biggest one, and this is my favorite song on there. It's a song called the first year. And this is about his mom losing his mom. And he's talking about that. Well, pretty obvious. It's the first year with, he completed a year without her. And he said that um, there's lyrics in there where it says, all my friends say it gets, it gets easier. All my friends have known to be wrong. And, you know, I feel like this is one of those songs that as much as I, I listen to it, I, I love this song and, it may be one that I may not be able to listen to at some point in my life. Yeah. And yeah, you can, you can figure out what I'm talking about there, but this is a grower. And I think, I think this one's going to stand the test of time, even though it's number seven on my list. All right. I'll go faster now. Um, number seven rest W R E S T. It's a uh, album called end all days. This is a Scottish band. And we've talked about this before, but, I don't know why, but there's just something about a Scottish voice in music that I love. I really, really love it. And it's funny. We listen to some of these British bands and outside of bands like Oasis or whatever. A lot of times you don't even know, you don't even know that they're British, but you know, this guy's Scottish. It's, it's heavy accent. In a lot of ways, it does remind me of Frightened Rabbit, another Scottish band, but it's, it's a very emotional sounding record. Um, I don't it's hard to really describe this one. Just just check it out. But highlights Kingdom. It's the opening track. It literally sounds like praise music, seriously, which is kind of odd because they're not, it's not a Christian record, but it sounds like praise music. But um repeating history, title track, end all days, really, really good record. Yeah, Aqu- American Aquarium, that's a band I should be more into than I am for whatever reason. Um I've just had a hard time. I understand why people like them. Uh, and I, I respect their, you know, their work ethic. They tour hard and, you know, it's kind of a DIY thing. The album that rest, I'd forgotten about that. You sent me that months ago and I remember listening to it and liking it. And you were like, Hey, this is something I think it may be uh palatable for you. Uh, so yeah. W R E S T. Yes. Rest. So in case you're not looking uh, in another way. All right. Um, Let's see. My number six is a band called The Smile. It's Tom York and Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead. And they put out the best Radiohead album uh, since um, uh, in Rainbows, in my opinion. But it's just not the it's not titled Radiohead. Uh, This one is is more conventional, uh, kind of a more conventional rock album. Uh, People are going nuts over it. and They're selling out wherever they are. Uh, A song called The Smoke. I really like on that one. And then, all right, here we go. King Buffalo, never heard of him. And about a week before Christmas, Dean Del Rey did his top 
uh, albums. And uh, I believe this came in like number two for him. And uh, he was on State of America and he, he, he gave us all these bands to listen to that I've never heard. And like people were just loving all of them. And so when he's talked about King Buffalo, it's like, I'm going to give it a listen. And I listened to the track Regenerator. That song just blew me away. Had this come out earlier in the year, it possibly would have been my number one album of the year. They describe themselves as like heavy psychedelic music, but uh, it's really cool, kind of obscure, ambiguous lyrics. And the instrumentation is just phenomenal. And um, I mentioned it uh, on Twitter and stuff um, at the end of the year. I can't tell you how many people have privately messaged me and go, man, thank you so much for turning me on to that. So I'm going to have to say uh, kudos to Dean Del Rey for, for that recommendation. Never heard a smile, but I'm not a radio guy. So I doubt I'd get into it. King Buffalo told me about him. I did not listen. I'm going to listen. I'm going to check it out. The song, regener- the song Regenerator, it's kind of music I think you would really like. It's it's okay. I don't know how to describe it. It's you when they say psychedelic, they don't mean like you know incense and peppermints, nothing like that. Um, great instrumentation, great vocals. The lyrics are think I think are things that you would enjoy. Uh, just um, I, I mean, I bet I've probably sold them fifteen or twenty albums. So uh, I, I'm, I may reach out to the guy that's the lead singer and and see if I can get him on here. But yeah, there that just this comes out in June. It's probably number one or number two. Okay, I'm definitely going to try that. Number six, this was one of my early, this was probably my first, the first album released of this year that made, that made my top 10. And um, it's one that I still go back to. And in some ways, I, prob- I, I look at it and I think, man, maybe this should be higher. Um, friend of mine had referred this to me. I'd never even heard of this guy. But Michael Kane, K-A-N-E. Michael Caine and the Morning Actors, which is just a great band name. <laughs> but uh, the, the name of the album is Broke But Not Broken.
this is just straight ahead to me, just more straight ahead rock and roll. It's uh, it's he's got a soulful, raspy voice. Uh, and when I say rock and roll, it's almost stones-ish at times. And then it's uh, there is a, an element of soul to the record. He does a, an amazing cover of Bring It On Home, the old Sam Cooke song. But uh, it's got, I, I would say, rock and soul with a bit of a punk edge to it. But I, Bring It On Home is great. Tear This World Apart. And my favorite is uh, a song called Like John Wayne. But this is just one of those. If you like rock and some of the stuff that I listen to is too weird for you, if you don't like the sad bastard of rest, if you don't like the Americana of Vandaliers, you don't like the crazy metal, uh, metal shoegaze fusion, maybe this one's for you because it is just a rock record. All right. <clears throat> when I listen to it, it's good. I feel like it is something you would have heard on Little Stevens Underground uh, radio show. Hey, Little Stevens Underground radio show is probably that. It's my top three or four listen to stations, I would say. I love it. I love that station. So, And, and I think you're right about that. And it's probably been on there. But when I, that, as yeah. soon as I heard it, I'm going, this is this has got Little Stevens name written all over it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's accurate. All right. Which is, you just, uh, do, you yeah, just I, did. I, no, you're right. I, I'm, I'm still going one more. Um, one of my favorite bands put out a new one, the Afghan wigs. How do you burn? And um, interesting about the title, Mark Lanigan, who sang for the screaming trees, uh, no longer with us. He and uh, Greg Dooley singer of the Afghan wigs were were buddies and they put out a couple of records together called the gutter twins and uh he came up with the title didn't know he was coming up with the title but he had made the statement i'll make you see well not how do you burn i'm sorry that the opening track is called i got ahead of myself opening track is called i'll make you see god and lanigan had supposedly said i'll make you see god and and um Dooley said i'm going to use that and that's how that came about but I'll make you see God is probably the heaviest thing. Not probably. It's the heaviest thing that Afghan weights have done. Probably the heaviest thing Dooley's ever done in his career. But um, yeah, it's one of my favorite bands. So they're not right at the midway point, but that doesn't mean it's not a record that I don't really, really like. Cause I do uh, I already mentioned. I'll make you see God, which is a really good one. Please baby, please. That's a soulful ballad. It's it's like a soul song, and I, it, people that aren't familiar with Afghan wigs, they are always thought of this this soulful rock band. They always brought in an element of soul. He Dooley was very inspired by soul music, uh, and then the song I love is called Concealer, and then uh, Domino and Jimmy is a great song. So there was a song on Gentleman, which I've talked about on here is my favorite album. There's a song on there called The Curse. Well, Greg Dooley had a local musician out of Cincinnati where they lived sing the vocals on The Curse. And The Curse was about a toxic relationship, and it was a true story. And supposedly it was too, it was too difficult for Greg Dooley to even sing it. He, didn't, he couldn't even sing it. So he, he got Marcy Mays to do the lead vocals, do all the vocals on that song. Well, here we are 30 years later, and Marcy Mays is back. And she's on Domino and Jimmy, but this time both Marcy and Greg sing on this song. And um, it's it's a highlight of the album, probably my favorite one on there. But um, 
anyway, it's a really good record. And um, since I did mention Mark Lanigan too, this is a nice segue. Anybody out there that likes good rock bios, and it, and even more so if you like crazy rock and roll stories, drug abuse, all that, get Mark Lanigan's book. Um, I'm trying to think of the name of it. I forget. I did write it down here. Bear with me one sec. It did, is, you, did you ever see The Screaming Trees? I did not. Sing Backwards and Weep is the name of the book. You said you did see them, right? Yeah, I saw them at Lollapalooza. They were one of the, one of the first bands. What, what year? 96. Yeah, he was. He would have still been just a mate. That was, I think that was towards the end of his major, major addiction. When you talk about heroin addiction, heroin and crack addiction, as bad probably as there's ever been of anybody who did not OD. It it was insane. And he talks about all the guys in the book, like uh, a lot about Lane Staley, a lot about uh, Kurt Cobain, because they were two of his very best friends. And, well, obviously they had something in common, not just music. But anyway, highly recommend. Speaking of your weird taste, I meant to tell you this. Uh, the last time I was around Suzanne's uncle, Jeff, he's a big music nut and he listens to our podcast actually. So I appreciate it, Jeff. He pulled me aside and he's dead serious. He looks at me, he goes, your buddy, Chris listens to some weird crap. I'm going to let you know. He goes, where does he find it? He goes, it's, he goes, it's man, it's, it's out there. It's weird. And I was like, well, that's just kind of, kind of what he's into. This list isn't that weird. This I've had weirder lists. It's a, it's pretty tame. All right, Chris, my next album, I would pay. You know what? <clears throat> We're going to see Bruce Springsteen in a couple of weeks, and you're going to be in the car with me, and I'm just going to force you to listen to this just so I can get running commentary from you. Uh, it's the latest album from Heat. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Hey, hey, hey. I swear I can't. I'm not making this up. I was going to hit you at some point on this list as my next one was going to be. <laughs> I am not even kidding. That was coming. You stole it. You beat me to it. Bastard. Actually, I'm going with a band called Goose and the album is called Dripfield. Uh, Stephen Hyden on his indie cast uh, always refers to them as uh, everybody's favorite indie jam band. The thing that sets them apart from a lot of other jam bands other than widespread panic um, is their songwriting is great. It's not stupid and silly lyrics. It's not lyrics about going and getting high. Uh, some of them, you know, it's some pretty cool social commentary and, and a lot of them uh, very meaningful. And they, I've never seen a band blow up like they have, like they sell out red rocks, multiple nights. They're selling out, you know, places and they've gotten a re- a big following from the indie, um, the indie side of things. And they do these really cool covers in concert. Like they do aha's take on me but they do it kind of like a jam band style. It's really good at the wider shade of pale. Um, and, and they've played just whoever's in town comes up and plays with them. But the song hunger sight is probably the most mainstream sounding song on there. Uh, they're really good. I'm hoping to catch them live this year. Um, the next one is Jack White's fear of the dawn. He put out two albums this year. Uh, the second one is kind of uh, more acoustic based. This is more definitely kind of rock and psychedelic. I'll admit in the last year or two years, I've just gotten a lot of respect for, for Jack White, his love of music. And he did a duet with uh, Loretta Lynn called Vandalier Rose. Um, I know, Rose. Yeah. And man, like you can go watch them do that on David uh, Letterman 
just phenomenal. He's just this massive music fan. And this to me is his most cohesive solo album that he's done. Uh, it's kind of, it's got some fun tracks on there. It's got some serious tracks. Um, the lyrics are good. The playing is just insane. And, you know, I wasn't the biggest white stripes fan. I, I've become more of one, but one of the things I think that hurt them was there wasn't a lot of sonic dynamic to it. Cause it was, you know, she's a horrible drummer. And, you know, there, there, a lot of the songs, there wasn't bass in a full band, but to see him and hear him play with a full band, it, it goes to show you just how talented he is. And, uh, you know, he's a massive, like old school country fan. And I was in Nashville last year with a group of people and we had on our list to go to third man records, his record store and recording studio. And for whatever reason, we didn't go. Had we gone when we walked in, we would have been in the store with Bob Weir, the Grateful Dead, which I think would have been, you know, pretty cool. But Fear of the Dawn is really good. The song Taking Me Back uh, and What's the Trick are uh, are my favorites on there. And I had tickets to go see him in New Orleans this year uh, at um, the Fillmore, which is my favorite probably new music venue. And I got sick and had to give them to a friend down on the coast. And so I'm hoping to catch him soon but he said the show was phenomenal and uh as time goes on i just become more and more of a jack white fan all right goose never heard of him not no clue but i i'm not gonna listen to him because you said they're jam and i'm not going to the other stuff you put on there i'm gonna listen to goose is the exception jack white um you know i actually do like a lot of old white stripe stuff i haven't his his solo stuff, admittedly, I haven't given it much of a chance. But Van Leer Rose is, you know, that was supposed to be the Rick Rubin resurrecting Johnny Cash. That was supposed to be Jack White resurrecting mm-hmm. Loretta, Loretta Lynn. It didn't really happen that way. But I absolutely love that album and I always have. That is a great, great album. And um, if nothing else, listen to that song, Portland, Oregon, where Jack White sings on it. It's just absolutely amazing. But he is somebody I should try to give another chance. I think part of it is he's like the, almost like the music darling. I mean, he's not quite like Dave Grohl territory, but he's kind of that darling that's like, eh, I don't want to go down that. I don't, I don't want to do that. But I, I, I probably should. Okay. Um, for me, number four, Titus Andronicus, name of the album, The Will to Live. So had I, well, first of all, when this album first came out, I was so excited. And honestly, the last couple of records they put out on, the last, the last one was decent. The one before that wasn't that great. And I'm I'm just hoping they're not a band that's just that that we've seen their prime and they're not gonna I'm not gonna like their records anymore. Well, they came out because for we talked about this that the album The Monitor it's absolutely one of my favorite records. I easily top twenty albums for me all time. And as I've talked about Titus Andronicus, uh, especially that album The Monitor, I would say. Throw Gap, the Gaslight Anthem, Bright Eyes, and Neutral Milk Hotel, and maybe even pepper in some uh, Springsteen, put it in a blender, and that's what you got. And uh, this album wasn't very impressive, and a buddy of mine told me how he really liked it, so I just kept listening to it. 
And I got really, really into it. And I think part of what, what helped even more is not long after the record came out, they played in Oxford. And for people who don't know, Oxford, Mississippi is only about an hour and 15 minutes from me. You can thank me for letting you know about that. Know about what? Oh, the show? Oh, yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. Because it was it was it was Titus Andronicus and Country Western to a love. It's like, my God, what a what a what a pairing. But uh this band, it's it's a shame that there were so few people in that in the bar that night because you want to see a good live rock band. Man, don't don't skip on Titus Andronicus. If they come to your town, go. If you're unfamiliar with them, I don't care. Go if they come in. It is a true rock and roll show. And Patrick Stickles, uh, he he puts everything into his performance. Uh, this record, though, is, I would say, the best one that they put out since The Monitor. Probably comparable to their debut as far as how much I like it. But um, highlights song called I'm Screwed, Give Me Grief, uh, All Through the oh, Night. Oh, that's got your name written all over it. Yeah, All Through the Night. And then they do a cover of a song. Uh, it's a song's called We're Coming Back. And legendary Oi Punk band. Okay, so this is when your family member is going to say, okay, here, there he is with that weird shit. He listens band. to some weird crap, man. Here we go. Here we go. Um, what's his name? Jeff. Okay, Jeff, this is for you. There's an old Oi Punk band out of uh, England called Cox Bar. You need to check them out. <laughs> but um, yeah, Cock. S-P-A-R-R-E-R, Cox Bar. They put out a legendary record called Shock Troops. And it really is a legendary boy punk record. And a lot of people have covered songs. A lot of punk bands have covered songs off that record. Well, they did uh, We're Coming Back. Great, great cover. Great record. Okay, number three. This is where I'm going to get... It's not weird, but I took liberties as far as putting this in my top ten. Let me explain before we do this. Officially put out on streaming service in 2023, but released to fans if you're on the on the, the mailing list in 2022. And Dave, you probably already know what I'm going to name off of this. So I got this re- record down as a download in 2022. That's when he first released it. So I'm going with it. Some people say, no, it's a 2023 record. Well, you're wrong. Came out in 2022 officially. Ryan Adams, he did um, the entire Bruce Springsteen record, Nebraska. First listen, I thought, yeah, it's pretty good. I cannot stop listening to it. So much so that it came all the way up to number three for me. And I love Springsteen's Nebraska. Love, love, love it. So I was curious to see what he would do with it. He does a lot of his own takes on these songs and makes them his own. and it sounds like a Ryan Adams record. It, it really does sound like a Ryan Adams record, but it is phenomenal. And it is, it's the best thing I've heard him do since, since prisoner. Uh, just my opinion. Well, no, I take that back. What was, I take that back. The one that had the, the red, the, big the colors, big color. That's the one with the cat. Can you think yeah, of the name of it? The red I think one so. With, red with the black. Had the song on Manchester on it. That album was really, really, really good, too. But, man, I love what he did with Nebraska. I even ordered the shirt that I sent you, David, of uh, his own take on the uh, Nebraska album cover. And I, I ordered that T-shirt. But 
Yeah, if you're if you're a Ron Adams fan, you're well. He he only put out twenty five albums last year. (laughs) If you're and honestly, for the first time ever, I felt Ron Adams went with he went with uh, quantity over quality. He's like one of those guys that can put out three records and they'll all be good. But I think part of that is when he got me too. He had so many albums that he hadn't put out in that time, and he was making all this music. So what? Normally, Mike would have been two or three records at a time. He wasn't releasing them, so that's what had him have so many songs. But it does seem like Ron Adams is doing well. It seems like he's sober, and um, I hope he is. And, uh, yeah, great record, though. I'm excited about the What's the Story Morning Glory cover. Yeah, that'll be cool. All right, let's see my final two here. I'll admit, I think the Red Hot Chili Peppers are a below-average band when John Frusciante is not in it. Um, he is their Mick Taylor. He's their Mark Ford. He's the guy that just brings another level of musicality to it. And, um, I, I, you know, they hadn't put their last couple albums with that Josh Klinghoffer were just not good. Um, I liked that Stadium Arcadium album that they did. Um, anyway, I, I listened to them, but I listened to only the Frusciante albums. So when he got invited back, I was really excited. And the first song that they released off of that is Black Summer. And the song is essentially about the last couple of years being isolated. And, you know, it's got a line like I haven't made a new friend in, in years and things like that. And right after like the first verse, John Frusciante comes in and just does this beautiful guitar solo. So I got the album. They actually released two double albums this year. And uh, this one's Unlimited Love. It's my favorite of the two. I'm not a big fan of the second one. Although it does have a song about Eddie Van Halen called Eddie. That's uh, that's pretty cool. But uh, if you take the two albums and whittle it down, you have a really good 
uh, first album. So I love that song. I love Aquatic Mouth Dance. Th- those are good tunes. But my number one is um, Marcus. I'm sorry. Wigwam. Yeah, <laughs> my number <laughs> one is Marcus King's Young Blood. Um, this one was produced by Dan Auerbach of the Black Keys. Um, he was also uh, Marcus's writing partner on this. And so you can hear his influence on it. His last album uh, was a little more country tinged and his albums before that always had like some blue soul and R&B in it. This one at times sounds like a 1970s ZZ Top album. And um, the playing on is stellar. I mean, he's just one of the most talented guitar players I've ever seen and a uh, great vocalist and uh, uh, does pretty well with the ladies. And, <laughs> and uh Anyway, the album, uh, you know, it's my favorite of the year. Like I said, it, nothing touches Pressure Machines from last year. Uh, I'd give this a solid eight and a half or nine out of ten. Um, there are three or four really good songs on there. Pain and Rescue Me are, are, are my favorites. Uh, the other songs are good, but uh, uh, kind of looking forward to his future because he keep he, none of his albums sound the same. He changes genres with every one of them. And so uh, he did during uh, You Would Like This during the quarantine he did those pay-per-view shows and he rented like a big sound stage and so like the first night was all basically uh what do you call it like a soul and r&b stuff and like one night was more of a rock night and brett hines of mastodon came on and they played electric funeral by um black sabbath is that the name of the song mm-hmm. Marcus King just goes off on it. So clearly he can shred like in metal and stuff. So uh, young blood's the name of it. Uh, it does have a black keys type feel to it, but uh, just a really, really good album. They must be buddies with Mastodon. Cause I think I told you this when I saw Mastodon and, and uh, Opeth at, at um, the Ryman buddy of mine went out to smoke and he ran into Marcus King and took a picture. with. Well, him. I mean, we've talked about it before Mastodon has maybe the diver- most diverse following of musicians of any band I know of. And I don't get it. I, I really don't because they're, I mean, yes, they've, they've come off of it to where they're not as heavy now, but they're a metal band. They, you can sit back and say that they're doing something different, whatever. And I guess maybe to some extent they are, but they're metal. Jason, I mean, it, Jason Isbell loves them. It, it's just weird to me why, how somebody loves them. And you're not into a bunch of other metal bands. I, it's never made sense. I, I hear a lot of people say it's because they're a lot of their albums are concept albums and their lyrics are make you think in a lot deeper, you know. And so, um, like the one that came out before this was essentially about cancer. Several members of the band's family members got cancer, and uh, it was about that. But like, yeah, like you'll see, like every time they have an album coming out, Jason Isbell tweets about it. Yeah, not surprised. Like I said, love, a lot of people you wouldn't think would listen to a metal band are into them. But but I've I've never really listened to Marcus King much, and then Red Hot Chili Peppers. It, it's not my cup of tea. I like some of the early Chili Pepper stuff, but um, this is another opportunity to bring up Mark Lanigan's book. There is a really funny story where he ended up because he's one, of course, wanting to get what he's always wanting to get drugs. And there were these two girls. He they thought he was hooking up with both of these girls, and. They said some weird older guy who was in his 40s, clearly in his 40s. This was early days of, of the trees. And he goes back to the house, and it's a really big, it's a big, nice house. This is in, uh, I think, in Detroit. Or it, I know it was in Michigan. Big house and all. And he said he went to the bathroom, 
And the guy's really creeping him out. He thought he was the biggest creep. And he goes into the um, the bathroom, and there's this shrine, basically, of all these pictures to Anthony Kiedis. He puts two and two together. Does Anthony Kiedis' dad, Blackie? That's the house he was at. And I remember, I remember him talking about how he was just so creeped out, and the girls wanted to hook out, up with him. He didn't even do it. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. And he mm-hmm. walked out, and he said that, that guy was just such a weirdo. Um, anyway. That's um, interesting. It's a good book. But, uh, we know, Anthony Kiedis had a heroin habit that I've heard was like, way on up there yeah i've always heard that you know too. and he but he got sober very early on yeah because that's what under the bridge is about all right so my number two i thought for a very very long time in the year that it would be my number one and i still had trouble deciding whether it's number one or number two so i almost almost can say number one and one a and one b anyway so for officially for my number two astronoid Radiant Bloom. So the band is Astronoid. The album is Radiant Bloom. People that listen to us know that I've been a fan of this band for a long time. Um, saw them when a, my cousin and I were on a trip in New York. We saw them in Brooklyn. Uh, they're a band out of the Boston area. And we were just blown away by them. And um, and we even had the uh, one of the guitarists, Casey, on this podcast a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, their their first record, I really, really liked it. The second one was a little bit of a disappointment, though. It was still good. And this new one, far and away their best album. It's not even close. You, know, you don't see that happen a lot. The first record is usually the best. And by the time you get the third or fourth, they, they, you've, they're not making nearly as good of records. Opposite on this one. I feel like this is the album where they truly, truly found their sound. They... Uh, they experimented with, with a lot. Uh, first one was more just blast beats of black metal with the the clean, um, soft vocals. Super clean vocals. Yeah. Second one went more emo because uh, both. Um, let's see, I can't know. I can't remember if his name's Brett or Brent, but both he and uh, Casey, they're I think they were really good friends growing up. They were both. They grew up on emo music. And you can you could hear that on the second one, but then on this one, it's like they blended all the elements that they've used of shoegaze, of emo, of metal, and they put it all together. And they found they truly found their sound. And this one is just I could not stop listening when I first got this. The musicianship is incredible. The vocals are great. Like David said, very clean vocals. Um almost a dreamy type vocal. So, mm-hmm. and it's perfect vocals for a shoegaze, a true shoegaze band, but then they'll have, they'll bring in blast beats. They'll go, they'll shred, absolutely shred. Uh, Cause it's amazing guitar work, but I turned and I turned on a, uh, a buddy onto this band. They got, he was blown away by this record. And I was so jealous because he used to, he used to live near me here in Memphis and he's now moved to uh, Santa Fe. Well, they played. Um, they played in. They played in Albuquerque. I think. I think it was Albuquerque, and I couldn't make it over there. But it was Astronoid and um, Holy Fawn. So you I couldn't could have only, handled it. You couldn't have handled it. Yeah, and, and of course, it, I was so jealous. The only thing that could have made it better is if it was uh, 
you throw in death heaven as well. And, oh. and my, three, my three favorites of those with that type sound. All Die forever. happy man. Oh yeah. But uh, highlights of this one, I've forgotten your face, human and decades. Great, great record. Number one is one I never thought would be number one for me. And uh, our uh, yard listener, um, Rune, this is, uh, of course, he gets credit for, um, for Holy Fawn as well, for me becoming a fan of them. But The Dangerous Summer he is, is the band. That's my number one. And he, he sent, he sent the, their – he told me about them probably a couple of years ago. And I did listen to them, and I thought, you know, it's not bad, not bad. And then I got into one of their, their rec, one of their records, I think it's Mother Nature, that I really liked. And then this one came out. And I liked it, wasn't absolutely blown away. And then it just kept growing on me more and more and more. And I couldn't stop listening to it. And this one, the name of the album, by the way, is called Coming Home. Again, the band is Dangerous Summer. Watch her as she puts on all her clothes She's nothing like the ones out on the road But someday I learn to treat her right Someday Like when we're driving all alone She lets me go in her mouth She puts up with everything Come home at 4 a.m. just to go to love Someday I learn to treat her right Someday If I had to say it, it's like a modern day emo record. It's not as mm-hmm. it's not as much emo as the the stuff you heard in the early two thousands. It's not quite like that, and the the lyricism is not all just the emo's total sad bastard. Uh, it, it's not so dark like that, but uh, but he but it is good lyricism in it. Uh, just a great great band. Lot of songs I would say on this one, but to check out but the title track coming home big green eyes great ballad gold star uh and then the song's probably become my favorite is a song called uh someday and um i don't know i, I just really love the lyrics in that one too but love that album you know maybe heat makes it next year but not this year man they just <laughs> missed the cut i mean just missed the cut we need to do another one of those terrible music episodes, you know? Yeah. That, that one was people. That one was popular. I upset some of my friends that like country music. Um, and so now whenever I hear somebody say, look, Brian, I just go Shazam. <laughs> well, golly. Hey, you know, we could, um, another idea that, that David and I have had, which we, we, we do need to do. Um, we were going to do a, uh, a top 10, we were gonna we were gonna cover and review the top ten in 
modern country, like pop country that's on the radio, the top 10 singles. And we were going to break those down. And we really need to do that because you talk about like, it's a public service. Yeah. You talk about bad music. Well, it's not going to get much worse than that. And that would be the perfect one to do. And then the other one. Hey, but Florida Georgia line did break up last year and we can be thankful for that. Yeah, that that's, that's good. That is, that is a good thing, but we could also do the, um, the podcast we were talking about (laughs) before we got started. We could just do their top 10. (laughs) Oh man. Um, yeah, we actually, we actually being nice. We're not naming, but, uh, we could do that one and have some comedy gold. We, um, we really need to do that top 10 of country albums. I think that would just be absolutely hysterical. Yeah. Just go pull up the charts and see what the top 10 singles so are. There, this, this girl that I grew up with, uh, graduated with great girl, known her my whole life. Every time I post about like bro country or whatever on Facebook or whatever, she gives me a hard time. She's a massive Eric church fan. Right. Can't I just, you know, anyway, there was a rumor <clears throat> that Wednesday, Eric Church was going to announce a joint tour with the Black Crows. It's a bridge too far. <laughs> I host a Black Crows podcast, just a bridge too far. And her twin brother and I were talking on the phone and I said, you know, if this is true, like it's over, I'm just going to have to block her, you know, on all levels. And thank goodness. It did. Well, I have had to rethink your uh, Black Crows fandom. Oh, and see what's weird is their 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 lead guitar player on the first album was a guy named Jeff Cease, and they got rid of him because he couldn't. They didn't think he could hang live. He's been Eric Church's guitar player for like twenty years, and so he would kind of have the ultimate, <clears throat> you know, gotcha there. But thank goodness that didn't happen. But uh, if it had, I just I don't know what I was going to do because it was. Do some soul searching. Do some soul searching. As we get going, I know we'll talk about doing other podcasts. I just thought of something we'll have to do. Like you mentioned, um, David and I, with along with two other buddies, we're going to uh, Kansas City in about a month. About a month's time exactly, and uh, it will be it will be David's first time. He's the only one of the four of us. His first time to see Springsteen. So. uh, I mean, I'm, I think that could be a good uh, concert breakdown for you. Now that you've actually lived a Springsteen show and see if it does anything to the way you feel about his music. That's what I'm Yeah, yeah if we can ever figure out where we're going to stay. I don't know. He may have booked a room and not told us. Our <laughs> uh, Airbnb, Airbnb. He may have already booked one and not told us. I don't know. i never seen something so complicated. I know. I know. We'll, we'll, uh, it'll happen. Anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm going to go into it with an open mind. I mean, I don't know anybody's ever gone to one of his shows and come back and go, man, that wasn't good. So that's what I um, told you. You're gonna, you're going to enjoy it. It may not make you want to go listen to, to darkness on the edge of town, but you're going to like, you're going to enjoy the show. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And I don't know if I haven't hung out with you guys in forever. And I don't know if we've ever all four of us done a road trip together. So we never have. So yeah. I'm really, really looking forward to this. Now, four old dudes, um, filling up in a car and making a road trip and listening to tunes and yeah, I'm not trying not to kill one of the four of us, but uh, <laughs> we're going to have yeah. fun, but seriously, guys, um, I, I have a, a, just a ton of new high end equipment 
and uh, Digital Kill the Radio Star. We're going to start doing some some more stuff and uh, and getting it out there to you. Thank you for being patient with us, and uh, we'll see you sooner rather than later.